Peter said to Jesus, We have given up everything and followed you. What will there be for us? Peter is asking an intense, fundamentally human question. Lord, what will happen to us? We have forsaken our homes, our families, our jobs. We've let go of everything that we knew. We're all in for you, Lord. What will happen to us? Was this sacrifice worth it? This question is really important because in our world today, with so much fear and uncertainty, so much apathy and hostility towards the faith, it's perhaps more obvious for us than ever before that being Catholic, being a disciple of Jesus Christ, makes absolutely no sense unless he really is the way the truth, and the life, unless he really is worth throwing everything away. And so Peter's vulnerable question that we hear in our gospel today is deeply relevant to each one of us sitting in these pews today. We've given up everything. What will there be for us? But let's take a step back and, and ask why. What motivates this kind of sacrifice? Why would we want to give everything up anyway? Because Jesus gave up everything first. Jesus gave up everything for us first. He went all in for you and for me. He left heaven and, and lowered himself. He took on our flesh. He exposed himself to our hatred, our apathy. He dared to deliver the whole word of God faithfully. He gave up his energy. He gave up his sleep. He gave up his sweat. He gave up his tears. He gave up his hands to be nailed through. He gave up his side to be pierced. He gave up his blood on the cross. My brothers and sisters, there is nothing that can be taken from us, nothing that we can lose, nothing that we can freely give up that exceeds that total self-gift of Jesus. We cannot be more generous than the infinitely generous God. Jesus is the ultimate sacrifice. Jesus is the victim. Jesus is the priest. The one who truly gives up, who offers up everything for our sake. So let's reframe Peter's question, if you will. Jesus has given up everything for us. What will there be for him? The answer is the church. The church is Jesus's great gift that he receives. Men and women, you and me, fully alive by grace. Sinners redeemed. Enemies of God now turned into his friends. Creatures doomed for the grave now raised up to eternal life forever. 
Yes, the church is Jesus' precious reward that he dearly won on the cross for each one of us. And we catch a glimpse of this beautiful mystery when we hear Christ praying on the night before he died to his Father in heaven. And he prays these words, and these are found in the Gospel of John. Father, they are your gift to me. He's talking about the church. He's saying, Father, my disciples are your gift to me. They are my glory, and I desire them. I want them to be with me forever. You have drawn all of them to me. They are the reason for my ultimate sacrifice. We hear all this, and and maybe we're wondering, well, how is this possible? How can this be? How am I a gift for Jesus? Am I really worth the death of God on a cross? And indeed, as we heard in our our second reading this morning from St. Paul's letter to the Corinthians, we don't seem to be the best possible gift for Jesus. He says, consider your own calling, brothers and sisters. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. We're small. We're weak. We are poor. At the end of the day, we don't seem to have anything to offer Jesus. But that is exactly where we would be wrong. Because you, yes, you are the Father's precious gift, beloved from all eternity, to Jesus Christ, his only Son. You were purchased at a steep and unsurpassable price. We do not have the right to be apathetic to that. Why? Why did God do this? Because God is good. Because he wants to reveal his goodness and his love in and through you. God chose the foolish of the world to shame the wise, St. Paul continues. And God chose the weak of the world to shame the strong. And God chose the lowly and despised of the world, those who count for nothing, to reduce to nothing those who are something, who think they're something, so that no human being might boast before God. Believe it or not, your nothingness is a precious gift to Jesus because precisely through that nothingness, the victory is totally his and not yours. And this is for your joy. This is for your peace. This is for your salvation. What a gift to Jesus our nothing truly is. This is our great boast. As Christians, we depend on a God who gave up everything out of sheer, undeserved love. We stand only by his grace. Whoever boasts should boast in the Lord. Christ can truly say, therefore, to each one of us, I've given up everything for you. What will there be for me? Will you be for me? And that's the ultimate question. Will you be for or against Jesus? Will you allow yourself to be completely his? Or will you keep your life to yourself? 
Jesus has already given up everything to have us. What is there to do but allow ourselves to be given to him? Our Blessed Mother is the perfect blueprint for this. She says, Behold, I am the handmaiden of the Lord. I'm yours, God, your gift. Be it done unto me according to thy word. Every baptized Christian, the entire body of Christ together, is meant to be a total gift, a free gift of love to the fiery heart of Jesus, to the glory of God the Father in the power of the Holy Spirit. But we can take this another step further. The church is also God's gift to us. We have been buried with Jesus, and we have been raised with Jesus in our baptism. And we live his life now, and everything that is his, he has given to us. He shares with us. This weekend, we have the honor and the privilege of celebrating the bicentennial of the Church of Richmond, God's gift to us through the church We heard the word of God proclaimed. Through the church, we experience the grace of the sacraments. Above all, in the Holy Eucharist that we will share today, and that I will break for the very first time. We encounter Jesus Christ through his church, and it is a gift to us. He is alive and active down through the centuries in the church, one holy Catholic and apostolic. Jesus' response to Peter's question now makes a lot of sense. Everyone who has given up houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or church or lands, for my sake, will receive a hundred times more and will inherit eternal life. The church is an unbelievable gift. The hundred times more of which Jesus speaks. It is the beginning of the kingdom of God here on earth. And if we remain in the church, we remain in Christ and will surely inherit eternal life. Yesterday morning, I and two of my brothers, Deacon Tom, who's here today, and Father Julio, who will be celebrating his mass in just a couple of hours, gave up everything. We emptied ourselves. And we laid down face first on the cathedral's marble floor. And yeah, we forfeited our lives, but we also gained a precious gift. The hundred times more that Jesus promised. We received Jesus, first of all, the Lord, above all things. But we also received the church in a brand new way. You, the body of Christ are God's precious gift to us. You are the brothers and sisters and fathers and mothers and children freely given to us. And as your ministers, we promise to fight and to die for this gift, which Jesus already gave up everything to save. We have given up everything and followed you, Lord. What will there be for us? What will there be for us? In a word... Everything good, everything true, everything beautiful. This promise is for 
everyone who dares to trust God. Give yourself to him on this altar this morning. Give him your precious nothing. And he will return his body, blood, soul, and divinity into your heart. He is waiting to receive you, even as you receive him.